0: This is Keeping Current with Wayne Potter.
1: Welcome to the Keeping Current Show. This is Wayne Potter, your host. This is the place where we talk about the ideas, issues, and trends that shape our everyday life. How do you think that medical services will be made available in the future? I think that we have learned from our experiences with the COVID epidemic that medical services must be made available in many ways, especially in our neighborhood or even in our residence. Some companies are providing more mobile medical and dental care services in our homes now. One such company is Enable Dental, it is expanding dental care right to your residence. This service is new to Oregon and is a leading indicator of what will be necessary in the future if we are to remain healthy.
0: On today's show, we're, we're all going to be learning about what I call a phenomenally unique dental service that brings dental care directly to a person's homes and the community using a vehicle loaded with the appropriate staff and the equipment. And my guest today is Joyce Go, who is the VP, Vice President of Business Development for Enabled Dental, who will be able to help me refine my you of this particular service, because all I saw was online and I'm sure there's much more to say. So let's start out with this broad question. How did did mobile dental care ever get started in the United States? And particularly more now so perhaps.
2: yeah, so mobile dentistry, um and thanks for having me here, Wayne. I'm really excited to uh, share my knowledge on um mobile dentistry or portable dentistry. So portable dentistry and mobile dentistry are actually very different. So mobile dentistry started actually to serve children in the United States. So when we think mobile dentistry, we think a van historically has been brought to schools in um, rural or lower income areas, so that children had access to dental care, and didn't have to leave school or their parents didn't have to miss work. Um, So that's kind of where that started. Um, That's been around for a couple of years now, while portable dentistry is a little bit newer. And portable dentistry is when you bring the equipment and the supplies into the home, the facility, or the building. So we actually bring all of our chairs, everything, and see the patient inside their home. We can work out of beds and wheelchairs. Completely different from a mobile van that has essentially dental operatories set up inside the van.
0: Now, your title is VP of uh, Business Development, and correct? As I learned over the last many months, you are quite mobile and yeah. not, and uh, you travel often to various parts of, I'm assuming, the country to. Open right. the so I thought maybe you could perhaps just briefly describe a little bit about the kind of work that you do for this company.
2: Sure. So I've been in the company for seven going on eight years now. Um, I started off as a dental assistant, thought I wanted to be a dentist uh, and thought I was finishing up my master's program and thought I would go to dental school after this. I thought this was a really unique opportunity to provide dental services for populations in need. Um, opened up our Houston market back in 2016. We used to only be in Texas. So we were in Austin and San Antonio, I opened up our Houston market. And since then, I've played a few different roles. Um, I've opened our new markets um, really greatly, because I've had the opportunity to open up Houston. So opened up California market, um, Seattle, St. Louis, all different types of markets. And now I do business development, which for the first time in our company, we're doing um, B2B. So we used to just go into senior living facilities, do lots of B2C um, marketing. um, That's how we reached our our, our patients. But now we partner and my job is to partner with different types of payers, health plans, um, things of that nature, large organizations that are not well served by the traditional dental practice, but are looking for um, dental care. So I um, create custom payment models and custom service offerings uh, for dental care across the United States.
0: Mm. Now, now you serve obviously Texas and California, and we know Oregon. Uh, is it broader than that? Are there other states that yeah. you're involved with? And uh, perhaps you could describe that.
2: Yes. Yeah. So we are on um, Texas, every single metro area: Austin, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Lubbock, all over California. So your Sacramento, your Bay Area, and your Southern California area. Um, and then we're also in Washington. Colorado, Missouri, Kansas, Florida, Pennsylvania about to be Michigan. And as for Oregon, um, we actually pivoted. Um, We've had some opportunities in other states that were eager to get started much sooner than anticipated. So we decided to pivot and prioritize those who are ready for our services. So Oregon is now we're set up there, but um, it's in our 2023 plans to actually um, open up on a larger scale in Oregon.
0: So when you think of Oregon uh, and and the service levels, do you see it throughout the entire state or focusing on major um, population centers or or how how does that work?
2: You know, so it it really just depends. We are typically near a a metro area. You know, so Portland would be very easy. But once it comes to rural areas, it really just depends on clients and opportunities. So we partner with area agencies on aging, for example, large, you know, they serve rural populations and other different health plans. So if there is a partner who has, you know, a large population that needs dental, um, really anywhere in the state doesn't have to necessarily be right next to them, you know, or within a metro area. We're pretty nimble and we can set up fairly quickly um, to serve the entire state if we need to. Wow.
0: Well, that's great. And so uh, we can expect some major changes in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I can imagine that it must take quite a bit of effort to try to get the, the resources within the company to be able to, to be set up, to be able to provide them in even a limited number of cities. I mean, I mean, I understand it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to even get medical personnel today because right. of what happens during the pandemic. Uh, are you faced with those problems as well? I assume you must be.
2: Oh, we are. We definitely are. Um, You know, we're not immune to a workforce issues that have plagued most companies during the pandemic. Um, Fortunately, there are, you know, um, we have a pretty thorough vetting process. It has been more difficult since the pandemic to staff. You know, historically, if we had an ad out, um, portable dentistry is very niche. And so to find providers that want that, we maybe had 10 applicants, 15 applicants. Um, a traditional practice would get thirty. So we had half of that. Um now maybe there's five, and one to two are tradi- are, are good fits. And so, yeah, we um we we have workforce issues um, like anyone else that's facing um, that now, but we've been fortunate enough that we've come up with, systems to we've you know i travel a lot a lot of our staff are cross-trained where really we just need a dentist locally everyone else we can still ramp up and still look for the right um employee who's a right fit for the company so um takes us about eight weeks to get set up in a city
0: really wow that sounds to be pretty fast
2: <laughs> really, really fast it used to be longer we used to take a lot longer and we've um you know we've definitely honed in on being able to be nimble and startup.
0: Sounds like it. That's great. Now, I noticed on your website that you had a, a description there of the, uh, the extent of dental needs for seniors, and you had a bunch of great statistics about why this kind of service is necessary. I thought maybe we could sort of go through some of those. Uh, I don't know if, if I'm referencing, for example, the, uh one of the examples given was 21% of U.S. seniors... Are keeping their teeth longer than they did in the past. I mean, that's yeah. a thing. But I mean, I mean, just uh, a number of other particular factors that seem to be really important. Uh, right. Yes. Could you outline some of the other uh, factors that are that lead to this kind of service.
2: Sure. I mean, we have the largest retiring population retiring soon, um, so we need to be prepared for that. And I'm not quite sure as as a nation if we are. And we are keeping our teeth for longer. So one in six seniors have untreated cavities. And I think something like 17% of older adults have lost all their teeth, despite us keeping it for longer. So, I mean, you know, we are still largely relying on traditional dental care, traditional brick and mortar dental care. And I recently saw that 23% of older adults over age 65 have not seen the dentist in the last five years. And that's probably greatly due to not having enough options to reach this population, right? Like they typically have to go into those metro areas Um, and there's transportation issues and all of those things. So it's very challenging for um, people, especially who don't have traditional dental insurance, to find a provider that understands their needs within a um, close proximity to them. So having portable providers that can go in the home or at least closer to you or to a senior living facility that can be you know less of a drive is really helpful and the the need is definitely there
0: Mm -hmm. and the other one of the other figures was the number of children that have untreated dental care i mean Mm -hmm. just amazing i mean 18.6 percent is a very high percentage of those that are there Uh, massive and uh another uh factor is the increased risk of heart disease how does that all? how does that all relate to uh care? there?
2: Right. Well, I think that more and more people are understanding that the mouth is not separate from the rest of the body. Um, <laughs> right. And so like we are, we're not a neck down kind of person. We are a whole body kind of person. And so we, um, even with Alzheimer's or dementia, right? Like um, people have found that in the brain, there's certain bacteria that's typically just found in the mouth. Um, what was found in, in the plaque buildup in the brain of dementia um, dementia individuals same thing with heart disease you know the heart and the mouth and our bloodstream is all connected to each other so if you have a you know mouth that's not taken care of that bacteria and that your mouth can go into your bloodstream and really affect your heart um, and really cause or be a comorbidity for um, heart disease and diabetes um, and all a huge slew of other healthcare issues and so um yeah, I, I think there's a lot of research that's going on right now that supports that, that we really need to look in the mouth to understand the entire body or at least care for the mouth because it does affect a person overall.
0: Well, I know that uh, that people that have been treated in various ways uh, by uh, medical care with some medication, sometimes uh, mm-hmm. they they caution you when you go to the test that you had to take some kind of uh, antibiotic before you got the treatment that was there because of the potential for some cross infection or something of that sort. Right. I mean, right. That, that amazed me, you know, like I got to take an antibiotic before I have my teeth clean. Come on. <laughs>
2: right. And, yeah. I mean, and it's really more for um, now artificial heart valves before there was, you know, it was all over the place. It was for joints. It was for pacemakers, it was for heart valves. And, you know, the ADA fortunately did this five-year exhaustive study, I think back in 2017, that really honed in on the risks and benefits of um, antibiotic pre-medication. And uh, most of that now is just really focused on artificial heart valves um, and how that bacteria um, can go from your mouth, you know, after a cleaning or any type of dental care into your bloodstream and cause some endocarditis. Um, and really infect um, your artificial heart valves. So uh, yeah, you, it, you, I mean, case in point to how the body and mouth are connected that we need to premedicate prior to um, dental care.
0: Oh my gosh. And then the, another factor that, that people suffer from a lot of gum disease. I mean, is it, why is that? Are we not brushing our, our gums or our,
2: what's happening
0: to that? <laughs> Do you think?
2: Right. Well, it's, I mean, it's a few different factors, right? You have um, genetic factors you have. um, and I'm going to preface all of this with, I'm not a dentist. I've just been in dental (laughs) a very, very, very long time. So whoever's (laughs) listening to this, I am not a dentist, but what I've learned a lot of it, there's, there's different factors, right? It's like, um, quality of oral care. Are you brushing your teeth? Are you able to brush your teeth? Are you, um, getting regular cleanings at the dentist? There's also a genetic factor to it, right? Um, some people are, you know, have a genetic predisposition to um, dental issues. And some of it is bacteria, right? There's actually specific bacteria that are um, related to dental issues. Um, for cavities, for example, it's called streptococcus mutants. And so if you don't have that bacteria in your mouth, you don't get that cavity. Um, same thing for periodontal disease. I forgot what bacteria that was, but there's specific bacteria where if you get it, causes periodontal disease. Um, so just a few different factors, but keeping your mouth clean and ensuring that bacteria, whatever it is, doesn't build up in your mouth, especially um, that bacteria really um, feeds on sugars, right? So if you're have a sweet tooth, you're not brushing your teeth, um, you're really just feeding that, um, that uh, bacteria that's in your mouth. So a few different factors as it relates to why people get periodontal disease. Okay.
1: This is Keeping Current, the place where we talk about the ideas, issues, and trends that shape your everyday life. For more information, you can turn to www.keepingcurrent.com. That's Keeping Current with two Ks. This is Wayne Potter, your host and show producer. And now,
0: let's go back to our show. You're just beginning to, to really consider um, the movement towards Oregon. Uh, is, is there anything, I mean, I, every state must be different in terms of the the ability to be able to move forward. Is, is Oregon fit sort of a, with a common trend across all or does it have unique features that have to be dealt with that aren't in California because California has something else good for it?
2: Sure. I think, you know, every state is different, surprisingly. Medicaid is not the same in every state. PACE programs are not the same in every state, same thing with Medicare. Um, so yeah, there. once it comes to Oregon, um, I think there's some states, like Colorado, for example, has a really, really great home and community-based services um, uh, program for those who, who are home and community-based. Um, Oregon, um, not that I'm familiar with, they don't have that yet, at least relates to dental. And when you think Medicaid and you're in a traditional practice, you, you typically see more than one patient at a time, right? So you're able to see two, three, four patients. For us, we see one patient at a time because that's the type of care that the population we serve needs. So given that, we obviously have specific needs once it comes to, um, you know, fees, fee schedules, payment models. And so really partnering with Medicare Advantage plans or, Things of that nature, managed care organizations is what we focus on. Oregon, we, we are in the talks with a few um, clients, but nothing set yet. Greatly because, like you pointed out, states are just very, very different.
0: Now, let's get down to the level of services are provided. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that there has to be some limit because of the nature of what you can bring to the site and so on. So so could you describe your basic services?
2: Sure. I mean, you know, we actually provide everything that our population would need. So we do full suite dental services, everything from your exams, cleanings, x-rays, fillings, crowns, dentures, extractions, bridges. We do all of that in a portable model. Um, you know, we provide appropriate dental care for this population. So we don't do things like whitening. Um, Ortho or braces. uh, we don't we would not do that for someone who's 87 years old, for example. So because we focus on adults with special needs and the geriatric population, we've really honed into what they would need 95% of the time. So we're limited in that we won't do, you know, things that are more elective in nature, but not limited in that we provide everything, most everything that this population would need, which is pretty cool. Right. Now,
0: I'm sitting in my home and I'm anticipating somebody coming and they're going to clean my team. Uh, mm-hmm. What happens? What am I going to expect when they knock on my door and say, we're
2: here? Yeah, yeah. So it 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 varies on the day and how we schedule. We have a pretty, we understand logistics really, really, really well. So we have sent out anywhere from one person teams to four person teams, depending on the need, right? But uh-huh. if we have a, let's say, you and all your friends or neighbors who live near you and everyone needs cleanings and exams um, probably a two to three person teams so we'd knock you'd have a dentist you have a dental assistant at minimum if it's a really heavy day we'll probably have a third person there um, just to write out the notes and make sure everything is good from a record standpoint and um, so we come into the home set up by i don't know where you're sitting right now but we can sit by your couch your recliner we can set that up and on the comfort of your recliner we can do cleaning exam x-rays and so team you know team of anywhere between one to four will show up just depending on what's appropriate
0: portable dental clinic (laughs) in my home
2: (laughs) yeah it's really cool you can just stay watching tv and then keep watching tv during the visit and then as we're packing up you can go about your day wow
0: now um one of the other uh, factors is that you do accept all kinds of insurance or how does that work?
2: So slightly difficult question to ask, um, depending depends on the state greatly depends on the state. So if we're talking Medicaid insurance, um, we're part of like Medicaid waiver programs in Texas for adults with special needs. We're also part of Medicaid that's targeted for special need or sorry, skilled nursing in Texas. Um, same thing with Missouri. For Missouri, we are uh, part of. We do met, we accept Medicaid insurance for adults with special needs, but not children, for example, and not skilled nursing just yet. And so, from Medicaid depends on the state insurance plans. The way you and I know dental insurance plans to be, we do not. We are not in network that way. Um, typically, it's difficult to just be part of a list, and you don't. You can't tell that we're portable just by looking at the name Enabled Dental. It's a very, very specific need that we're meeting. So we partner with large organizations, so managed care organizations, um, that say, hey, we are the preferred provider. So yes, kind of, if that makes sense, but not really, not the way most people think of dental insurance.
0: Right, right, right. Um, Now, um, when I walk out of my dental office, because I still go to a brick and mortar one every so often. Um, mm-hmm. I don't get billed right away. I get a bill sent to me, and uh, usually it goes through my insurance company because I have mm-hmm. dental insurance. Uh, and then I get eventually I get billed. Uh, you know, so how do, does that same the process that happens when somebody comes into your home for an evil dental? Or? Mm-hmm.
2: So, so fairly similar. I mean, if. If you were utilizing our services and you're not part of one of the managed care organizations we work with and you don't qualify for Medicaid, you would be private pay. So that is just paying up front. Um, but once it comes to insurance like Medicaid, um, if you're in Texas, we would bill Medicaid first. Um, and then if there is a balance or if there's an uncovered service, we would then bill the patient. However, the patient already knows this ahead of time. We, we try to be as transparent as possible on what's covered and what's not so that there's no surprises. If you only want covered services, happy to just bill Medicaid for the covered services. That's all we provide. If you want more than that, we try to be again, very, very transparent, um, just given the populations that we serve.
0: Great. Now, what do you envision happening in the future with care like this? You see every state in the country having uh, mm-hmm you know, care coming right into my home.
2: I mean, yes, I think if there is anything that the pandemic has taught us is that a lot of care can and should be delivered in the home. And there is a benefit to aging in place. Right. I think there's this huge movement going towards aging in the home as opposed to going into facilities or senior living facilities. Um or being hospitalized for something. We can see patients in the home and have provide higher quality at lower cost. So yeah, I, I do think that there is a movement to having this be more accepted by states um, and even by, by clients, right? Before the pandemic, I used to get asked questions like, oh my gosh, you go in the home, is that legal? And of course it is, yes, <laughs> we do. We are, it we are is on the up and up, People, you know, government knows we exist. Yeah, it is legal. Um, and if we follow the same um, you know, guidelines from OSHA, is it is it sterile? Is it clean? And yes, we do. You know, we we follow the same um requirements and guidelines for OSHA, HIPAA, um, and any governing body that's similar to that that a traditional practice would. So, um, I've gotten asked that less and less. I think because we've been more accepting of a portable. Healthcare models, not just for dental, but for medical, optometry, podiatry, and all other ancillary services.
0: Well, I'm assuming that uh, over time. I mean, uh, when I retired, I and I eventually. I mean, I had dental insurance. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has dental insurance. I mean, right. so I'm, I'm assuming uh, we're not still at that point. Where we're really, really like we're all covered. Uh, so that that fifty percent of the population that doesn 't get their teeth cleaned every six months uh, mm-hmm. is going to have problems in the in the future
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and i mean i don't i don 't know what that 's even within your purview to talk about but, but it's to uh-huh. me that 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 is a key element to, to expanding medical services and dental services to the general public
2: right right I think we've um you know, the population that's a, no longer a working population and loses their health plans um, that's associated with their employer is a huge population where there's a gap with what Medicare provides and what you used to have. And I think there is um, acknowledgement of that from CMS, from, you know, lots of bodies that are trying to fit, governing bodies that are trying to figure out what is really needed. And I do think dental is in the discussions. I mean, that's why we have supplemental benefits, right? Like. Part B, like Medicare Advantage plans, because what we have that standard is not sufficient, we have to supplement it. And I think we're going to have more robust care. But until then, um, thankfully, there's organizations and businesses that understand that there is a gap. And so You know, until then, we have to really rely on supplemental services.
0: Well, I think as I look back on my own personal uh, dental history, I don't remember going to the dentist even when I was a little kid. I I just not within the the realm of my family's life. Right. So much later in my life, and I mean, a lot of cavities later on, by the way, uh, Uh really began to get uh, solid dental care. And uh, that's why I still have feet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Well, Joyce, uh, that pretty much uh, concludes the kind of questions that I had. Are there many other kind of things that you would like to, to address uh, as we conclude this uh, event today?
2: No, I think you you know asked some really great questions that a lot of people just don't understand. You know, everything from retiring and what do you do? What is the need? Why why would we bring um, dental care? into the home, you know, with transportation. Oh, I'd like to probably address, um, we, we had talked about workforce issues, but there's also transportation issues, right? Like there's, when you have a family member who has special needs, um, but you also have other family members that don't, it's a huge ordeal to have to um, go to a dental visit and dental visits are often not just once, right? It's not like an optometry visit, like once a year, you know, you'll get like glasses. You know, if you say you need dentures, That's at least four visits. Right. And so to have to go through that um, multiple times, especially if you have dementia or special needs is a traumatic experience and oftentimes leads to poor outcomes. So if you're able to bring the care to the person in an environment that is comfortable for them, where they know the environment, they know the people, they understand the sounds and what's going on. it really does lead to better outcomes and being able to provide dental services. It's not always having to be in the hospital or sedating or being traumatic, right? We have to move away from dentistry being traumatic and people hating going to the dentist, okay. you know, and people actually liking it because they need it. So, you know, just something I just wanted to add at
0: the end. Okay. That's great. Well, Joyce, go. Thank you very much for talking yeah. about people dental today. I have learned much more. And I appreciate the level of service that you're providing today. It's just one of those very essential things that have to happen for everybody. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate it. I'll say goodbye then. Bye, Wayne.
1: You've been listening to Keeping Current, the place where we talk about the ideas, issues, and trends that shape our everyday life. I'm Wayne Potter, the producer and host of the show. You can hear my show by using the SoundCloud application or as a podcast application such as iTunes. You can also learn more about each interview when you visit the Keeping Current website at www.keepingcurrent.com. Keeping and current are both spelled with a K. I hope that you'll check in with me
2: occasionally.
0: This has been another edition of Keeping Current with Wayne Potter.